On this episode of This Is Game Boy, we get yellow and puffy. Welcome to episode four of This Is Game Boy. I am E Bloody Candy, and with me I have Mula. Hello there. Yeah, and we're doing this live on on the Twitch, which will probably get uploaded to YouTube. So the people who can see us live, hello, waving right now. People who are listening, um, pretend that I'm waving, I guess. So uh, yeah, what have you been up to, Mo? Um, I've been playing a lot of new games, actually. Um, I just finished up The Messenger last weekend. Um, I think it took me around 12 hours, but there's something wrong with the in-game timer, at least on Switch. Because um, I had been playing it for quite a while, then I loaded my save and it said I was playing for 45 minutes. Um, the next time it said I was playing for... 10 hours and after that it suddenly said i was playing for 22 hours um i think I th- it took me like 12 hours to complete that game but that's a that's a really good one i've heard a lot of good things about that game yeah um it does get a little stale after like 70 percent in it but um it has a lot of variation to get through so um it keeps you busy at least it's not too hard there's some parts that are uh quite hard if you don't understand the mechanics well enough to perform like some pretty cool tricks to traverse you over chasms and stuff like that but uh there was nothing in it that felt uh over the top ridiculous because i was really expecting a ninja uh gaiden level of difficulty for that game but it's really not anybody can pick it up and just play it yeah, I was watching, um, I watched you and Mr. Cab play it for a bit, and I, I really got that feel. I was like, oh, it's, 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 it's Ninja Gaiden. I'm like, wow, this game looks kind of fun, but I'm like, I'm really bad at Ninja Gaiden, so I'm probably never going to play it. Yeah, it's it's totally not like Ninja Gaiden, actually. Besides it being a ninja and you can, well, jump on walls and stuff like that, it plays totally different. Um, like, the first part of the game is pretty much like a standard platformer and then it opens up and it becomes like an open world adventure game where you have to backtrack i will not say the term that everybody's using for that because i hate it um but uh the thing is um it's not too difficult because the levels you get through in the like normal platforming section are already basically made for you to traverse through multiple times um, so they couldn't pump up the difficulty too high for that because if you constantly have to redo the same thing over and over again and keep dying that would uh, put a damper on the exploration part of the game so they did that well but it also makes the game maybe too easy uh, besides some of the boss fights uh, at least in my opinion but uh, yeah that was, that was at least a very fun game to uh to quickly play while i was waiting for two big guns that just came out um i have them right here i'm really bad at showing stuff on the camera because i can't really see my own camera right now dragon quest yeah so dragon quest uh 11 i've only been able to play five hours yet so i'm pretty much still at the start but it's fun. It's a Dragon Quest game. Uh, there's nothing more I can say right now. Um, I did get uh, Shenmue 1 and Shenmue 2. Um, I don't know what to say about those. Those are really weird. Uh, and I got a headache because... Well, I got motion sick because of the camera. 
Um, I'm not really good with like weird moving cameras in games. Uh, it has nothing to do with the game itself, uh, but I can only play it for like two hours maximum, then I have to stop. And then yesterday I uh, got me some Spooderman, and Spooderman is basically Batman, but with Spooderman. Yeah, I watched a few streams on Spider-Man, and everyone's all sorts of hyped about it. I'm like, it's literally just Arkham, but Spider-Man skin. Yeah, yeah, it pretty much is. Um, can't say how the story is going to unfold. It's pretty good. They um, dive into one of the probably best arcs of the actual comics, but make it their own thing, of course. It's it's really not just an adaption of the comic books. Um, but yeah, they're... It has been interesting, at least, to see those characters that I thought maybe weren't that well-known. Um, like Yuri Watanabe and, um, um, like, what's his name? I don't know his real name. It, it, he is Mr. Negative, but um, he's the guy that runs the Feast Center and stuff like that. I did not know they were going to use those characters because I... Uh, refrained from actually watching any screenshots or any videos of it before it came out um, but I'm a huge Spider-Man fan so I had to get the game and I have, I've been having fun with it but yeah it's pretty much your basic Batman but with Spider-Man yeah it reminded me a lot of the PS2 version that came out like 10 years ago yeah those are the ones that I haven't played but uh, a lot of people have been saying that indeed Okay, well, that's uh, at least what I've been up to. Uh, what have you been doing? I've been playing WoW. That's pretty much it. <laughs> um, the expansion came out like, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, and I, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Still collecting some things. I don't have anything close to me in terms of like my projects I've been working on. But I've been collecting a lot of SNES lately because the SNES market has slowly started to to like come down in price um so i got like maximum carnage for like 10 bucks more um, spider-man yeah more spider-man <laughs> got doom for like 15 bucks um and i got mario rpg for like 30 the market's starting to come down a bit on those games which is great and game boy games are starting to go up which is not so great yeah, it has been going up since the past two years, basically. I haven't bought any Game Boy games in like eight months or something. The prices are just too ridiculous right now. My last batch of Game Boy games that I bought are right here. So, Hyperload Runner, um, Blades, Blades of Steel, yeah, woo. Blades of Steel, Gargoyles Quest 2, which was last episode. Yeah. Um, Riddick Bow Boxing, which is an awful game. Turn yep, and yep, Burn. Yep. Bo Jackson. There's a lot of sports games. Pocahontas. Like, there's a lot of sports games. There's a lot of, like, crappy little, like, games that cost, like, two or three dollars. Let's get them out of the way now before they cost, like, ten bucks in the future. Yeah, I have a lot of those as well. Not many, but I do always try to pick, uh, those up from a bargain bin every time I go to like an expo or something. Uh, yeah. but it's been getting harder to find even those. Oh. It's actually, yeah. Um, it's it's getting, it's not so much for me hard to find the commons. It's hard to find commons at a good price right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's like, well, here's 
Radar Mission, which when I bought Radar Mission, I bought for like a dollar at a pawn shop, and now the game, like I can't find the game for under like five bucks. It's like mm-hmm. the game, that game sucks. A, B, it's not, it's not uncommon. Like, it was a pretty common game. Three, it's it's battle, it's just battleships. That's all it is, and ugh, just awful. <laughs> yeah, it's so. it's weird. Um, I'm all well. I think I mentioned this before, but I have like over three hundred now, so it's sometimes hard to even know which games I do not have yet, and that's why I now have three copies of uh, Hunt for the Red October. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm always like, ooh a, do- ooh, a dollar or a euro for me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I already got this and nobody wants that. Yeah, I'm that way right now with NES and Game Boy, where I actually have a spreadsheet of all of my games. Like when I go to like, like when, when I go to like to like expos or flea markets, I pull open my phone and look through my spreadsheet and see what I have and don't have now, just so yeah, I don't I like do, do buy unless I'm buying a lot that I can't help it, but. Yeah, the problem with uh, Hunt for the Red October was I had a copy, but it was a Japanese copy, and that was listed way below, so I just didn't see it, and then I bought it again. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, there are times where I'll buy a game if I already have it for like, if it's dirt cheap, and I'll just turn around and flip it to try and make a profit off of it or use it for trade-in. Yeah, trade-in is not something that works around here. Selling it, maybe, but trade-in, definitely not. Yeah. Weird how the two... Two regions break off like that, huh? Yeah, there's only a few shops that actually do retro gaming in the whole country, that is. Um, not that it is a big country or anything, it's only like 320 kilometers diagonally, I think. Um, but there's maybe like 10 stores in the entire country that do that, so. Wow. We have one going out of business somewhat close to me. They're doing like a buy one, get one free type deal. So I might run over there either this afternoon or tomorrow. And see what I can find. Alright guys, when we come back, we'll dive into Nobo. everybody for those of you that are watching live i hope you are enjoying the behind the scenesy stuff in between the in between the uh movements here of our sections um <laughs> sometimes so yeah, they get weird but they do get weird sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty okay right, this time so far so far we still got a few more breaks coming up so nobo yeah came out only in japan um 1992, late, late 1992, uh, develop, developed and published by IRAM, so International Rental Electronics Machines, for those of you that don't know what IRAM stood for. Uh, IRAM's known for like Hammer and Harry, Kung Fu Masters, R-Type, Kit Nicky, uh, but one thing I couldn't find about this game was the composer of the, of the music. Yeah, I'm not even sure if the composer is actually in um, the credits, if there are even credits. Um, And if there are, they're in Japanese, so I couldn't actually read them anyway. So that's that's always a problem. It's always the best part with with the Japanese games. Like like when we did Gargoyles Quest 2, when we did Max, 
and now doing Nobo, it's like we have these manuals, we have these boxes, and they're all in Japanese, and Mo nor I really know Japanese at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes for Japanese games, they actually do put the credits in, like, English text, but uh, for this game, everything is in kanji, and I have no idea how to read kanji, so... Like, it's it's funny with, like, with, like, Kirby's Dreamland, like, if you play the Japanese version of that... The only thing that's Japanese in Kirby's Dreamland is the title screen. Right. And then everything else is in English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's normally how it goes. But for this one, it's it's just... Nubo is just so Japanese. Um, it's nothing that we <laughs> know outside of Japan itself. So why would they even bother? <laughs> so um, it makes a lot of sense, of course. It is, it is a strange oddity, um, for sure. Yeah. Let me see if I can pop open that playlist real quick here. Okay. Well, I'll I'll dive into Irem a little bit because it's actually very weird that this game got made by Irem, especially uh, because the nature of the game, like EBC mentioned, they're mostly known for games like uh, Kung Fu, Hammering Harry, R-Type, Kid Niki, all games that stem from the Age of Arcade games, which is where Irem actually started uh, from. Um, those are all pretty hard games, well, besides Kung Fu, maybe. Um, that's that's not that difficult, at least not on NES and on uh, on Game Boy. But um, they're really used to making very hard or shoot-em-ups or arcade-style games where they really require you to just pump in your money into the machines to even get anywhere, um, which shows in some of the ports they do. Um, I love their ports, by the way. I'm I'm a huge fan of Irem. All their Game Boy games are really great, besides maybe Ninja Spirit. That's one that's a little bit jumps that game's weird. out of it. Yeah, it's it's not a really good game. Um, if people have been following Tiny Ten, it was in there last time or the one before. Um, that one did not port that well, but like R Type and Hammering Harry are great ports. So, um, but yeah, it's weird that they made a game like. Uh, Nubo, but it's um, also really hard to find any good information about this game or how it got made or anything Nubo in general actually. Um, probably because again this is a really Japanese thing and um, I don't think uh, looking for it in Google or anything with English terms is gonna give a lot of information. I think you really need to know how to dive in the Japanese language to to actually find something uh, for this game yeah like the bit I the the bit of research I did with this like I found a lot of like Nubo um, like side things like books on how to learn English or books on how to learn Japanese or phone cards featuring Nubo and like obviously all this stuff mm -hmm. is in Japan and it's like so like Nubo like, may have not made it overseas to, like, Europe or America, but, like, Nubo in Japan was, and it might still be, like, a super big thing that only the Japanese people really understand what it is, you know, yeah. and why it's such a cool thing to have. Yeah, like, the, the only thing that we do know is um, he's actually just a mascot from a chocolate bar yep. in Japan, kind of like we have Tony the Tiger and stuff like that for our cornflakes. Um, he was just a mascot for a chocolate bar that became so popular that uh, it got its own thing, like all stuff for kids, of course, like those reading books, um, like... Yeah, telephone cards, maybe not. I don't know if, if a lot of young kids I, I, yeah. will use them. They might have uh, collected them. That's something that we did as well, like to, 
collect telephone cards. So, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a really popular thing that got used for a lot of things. It got a lot of commercials, and it also got its own TV show, as you can see below. <laughs> No, are you playing it yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah, we have to play this role. He's doing the basketball scene right now. Um, yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, it's such a it's weird funny. show. <laughs> it's super Japanese. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's something. Uh, I love it. Um, you can see like twenty two episodes, I think, online in the playlist. Um, if we post this episode, we'll definitely link to it. Um, so they yeah. definitely are on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I loved watching through them. They're all like really short one minute things. Um, I guess they played it in like a big children's uh, TV show or something in between. Um, we had stuff like that as well, where there were like really short things for children. So I think they used it for that. And you can also actually buy them on DVD if you really yeah. want to. There's uh, There's two DVD boxes with all the episodes you can ever want on Nubo, I, so I know, like I, I, I played, I played Nubo before on Game Boy, but I never really knew like it was a big thing until researching this episode and realized mm-hmm. that there was anime shorts for it. You could buy a box collect, a, a box collection of all of the anime shorts. There were books, like there was so much merchandise for this thing. I'm just like, what? Like, why is this yellow blob like a, <laughs> a huge thing right now? Like, what is it with Japanese-loving blob-like characters? You got Kirby, you got Nubo, you got you got Yakupu, which really isn't a blob. It's more of like a rabbit that can transform into a fish and helicopter, but... Yeah, the Japanese do love, and I'm not only talking about children, I'm, I'm talking about Japanese adults as well. They really love those characters that are actually more made for children, because uh, this definitely is something for children, but uh, they took over... Um, Hello Kitty is what it's called in in Japan, right? But um, there's actually, like, I think it's Belgian or Dutch um, character called Musti. Um, If you look it up, um, it's M-U-S-T-I, which is the complete same character. Um, It's just a little cat, but um, it got so huge in Japan that they made their own version, I guess. Um, I don't know if uh, the creator of Musti, Dick Bruna, knows about it. Um, if he's still alive, that is. Uh, probably not, actually. Um, but they really love stuff like that. Or Pingu, for example, oh, yeah. which is Swiss- Switzerland. or It's one of those countries that actually made it, but they took that over as well. Um, they really love stuff like this. And so do we, actually, but we don't, <laughs> we don't dive into that so much. Us Americans like violence and crime, so yeah, and, and guns, and that's yeah. why the Avenging Spirit cover art looks so much different than the European one. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird gangster on the cover that doesn't belong there. Um, so yeah, the plot of this game, like from what I from what I read on this uh, of the plot, like as you can see in the in the animes below, they're they're short. They're like one minute shorts, and like it goes from point A to point B pretty quick like Nubo looks at like a basketball starts dribbling it and all of a sudden like Nubo is dribbling himself up into space and starts bouncing around and goes into the net kind of kind of (laughs) weird but um the game honestly like I felt like the game was very similar to the anime shorts like after playing the game and then watching anime shorts the game made a bit more sense to me now 
Um, mm-hmm. So, like, Nubo is just a puzzle platformer. It's, I mean, at, at heart, that's all it is. It's a easy, easy platformer at that, too. Um, I think the game blind took me about a little over an hour. Right, yeah. Um, so... The story, as for what can be determined from cutscenes, is that the sun and the rain are having some issues where it's causing either extreme hot or extreme cold. And Nobo, 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 Nubo needs to figure out what the heck is. I think it's Nubo, is it but Nubo? I'm not sure. Okay. Nubo needs to figure out what the heck is going on and basically try and rectify the whole thing to make the land normal again um it's <sighs> graphically like graph when i first played the game because i played the game before watching anime graphically i i hated the game graphically i thought nubo was adorable but everything else i absolutely hated and then watched the okay. anime and i'm like oh this is all making sense to me right now okay <laughs> and then afterwards i'm like graphically this game is Amazing because it literally matches one to one of the anime shorts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I just I didn't understand what was going on at all in the game. Most of the time I had no idea what was happening. Like I knew what needed to happen, I knew how to beat the game, but like I didn't understand why this was a game. Well until after I started like researching for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well when I first played a game I had no idea what it was. It was just one of those games that showed up in my list when I was uh, when I was looking for things. What what is this? And the moment I started playing this, I was just sold on it. It's just super cute, super fun, um, just a really good time. Um, you don't need a plot. You don't need um, any instructions on how to play the game or anything. You just go and you finish it in one go, and you had a good time. Um, so that's really good, but yeah, the, about the plot, it's hard to tell, of course, because it's uh, completely in Japanese, even though it's just title screens and then like little um, text sometimes when you finish a level that one of the characters says. Um, so technically, we have no idea what the actual plot is. Um, there has been, and that just came out like a month ago or two months ago. Um, there has been an English uh, ROM fan translation of the game so if you really want to you can patch your game and uh, check it out that way but i've written down um what i think the plot is of all the stages in this game um there's actually five stages but three stages are like split into two parts so you get a password in between them um not that they're really long or anything it's it's like uh, 10 to 12 minutes or something like that but uh, yeah, in my mind, Nubo is not that cutesy because um, let's take a look at this. Like in the first episode, I guess, uh, for this game, um, Nubo is stuck on an island and he kidnaps a baby whale and forces its mother to take him back home. So that's, that's really, yeah, that's, that's no good, Nubo, no good. What happens after? He goes uh, to some squirrels who, for some reason, do not want to deal with winter. Uh, I mean, come on, guys, grow a pair. Just go to your hibernation. And then he goes and beats up all the weather gods just to make the sun shine again. Oh, another really, really bad move on his part. After that, he somehow gets stuck in a cave and there's a mole family and he forces them some way or the other to just dig a way out for him. Again, not very cute, Nuba. Um 
in the first episode, some bird wants to make uh, like a helicopter jetpack thingy um, just to sell to people who cannot fly or animals who cannot fly because there's no actual people in this game. Just wait until the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, he wants to sell them to people who can't fly. And Nubo goes around, uh, well, the stage, I guess, the world, to steal all the items from innocent animals. Just so that guy can make a profit. So that's another really bad move on his part. Um, again, not that cute as he seems. And then we come to the final episode. Suddenly there is actually a human character. Uh, it's Santa. Uh, and Nubo bribes some naked cherub guys to go beat up Santa and steal all the presents. And then he pretends to go get those presents back to Santa just so his own family can have all the presents in the world and nobody else can have them. So yeah, there's your cutesy guy, Nubo. He's basically, he's basically Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, come on, that's that's really not cool, Nubo. Yeah. And it actually shows a little bit in uh, one of the episodes. I'm just kidding, by the way. He's really cute, but it kind of shows in one of the episodes of the uh, of the anime, if you can call it like that, where he just tries to eat a kitty cat. Somehow, which anime short was that? Uh, I think it's called cat or something like that. Oh. Um, so he he comes across uh, a mother cat and yeah, it, it's son or daughter, I guess. Huh. He's sitting next to them on a be bench and he opens up his mouth and there's all kinds of animals inside of him already. <laughs> and at the end of the episode, the the little kitty is inside of it. It's it's just you have to see it. Huh. The the one that stands out to me from I remember watching the shorts is seesaw. <laughs> that one was the best one. That one is amazing. Yeah, there's one episode you should watch of Nubo. It's that one. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Really enjoyed that one. <laughs> but uh, this game too, like it gets... If you've ever played Dizzy on NES, it was one of those games made by, uh, who was it, Codemasters or whatever. It was a gold cart. It didn't look like a normal NES game. Um, I played it on a stream like a year or so no ago. Idea. And the, the two games are actually very similar. Um, Dizzy and Nobo are, are very similar in the fact that they're just puzzle platformers. Um, I would say uh, Nobo is probably more, it's more fun in my opinion. Um, and I feel like the music is better. Like I feel like I I only played Nobo twice, and I could hum the melodies of the game almost instantly. Like they're really good, they're catchy, and it was just it, the music all around was a solid for the game. Even though there wasn't much to the music itself, like it was only like what four or five tracks. I think it, there wasn't mm -hmm. a lot to choose from. But uh, it was it was good. It was melodic. You could hum to it. Like it was it was comfy, in in, in a better term. Yeah, for sure. Except for one of the tracks, there is some really weird part in it um, that's like really screeching for some reason. Um, if I remember correctly, um, that one is just kind of weird. This is seesaw right now, by the way, on the bottom. Oh, there you go. For people who are watching this, uh, you can see seesaw. See seesaw. Okay. Yeah. See seesaw. seesaw. <laughs> right. Just has a random elephant in his mouth. No big deal. 
people who are listening to just to the audio version of this are going to be so confused. That's fine. Again, we'll put a link into the description so you can actually watch it. This will be highlighted on Twitch. It'll be uploaded to YouTube. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I pull up our notes again. So, yeah, you talked about the, uh, the English ROM thing. Uh, I I dabbled in it a bit. I wanted to play the English the English ROM before we recorded today, but I just mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to like with work my like work lately it's been insane. Like I've been working like fifty five hour weeks right now at work, um, plus trying to stream part time, and it's it's I don't have a lot of time to do much right now. So I did dabble in it a little bit, and from what I could tell, just from dabbling in it. With the translation, it all the gameplay is the exact same. What the translation did is that it made the intro cards so you can actually read what was going on and the mm-hmm. menu all in English so you can actually see what you're selecting in the menu itself. But literally everything else in the game plays exactly like it did on the Japanese version. Like the, the some of the lag points that were there, even though the game is not laggy by there's like one or two parts that have a little bit of lag, but it's nothing insane. Um, those are still there in in the ROM translation. The music's the same; like nothing with the music pitch got changed at all. So uh, it's literally verbatim one to one, the same. The only difference is is that the menus and the title cards are changed to English now, so you can actually see what's going on. Yeah, that, that was my guess. I haven't played the translation myself either. I'll probably check it out sometime uh, when I can, just to see what the actual story is. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, but yeah, it yeah, doesn't really matter if you just play Japanese or English. Yeah, yeah like I like when I did the plot uh, review just a little bit ago, like the plot review is from what I basically looked at when I yeah, played the game, yeah. just from like the title cards. Like I had no idea what the plot was, just pure speculation that like something is happening with the sun and things are cold and hot because video game logic and we got to do something to fix it type deal. But yeah, with English translation, we might be able to actually know what the game is about. Maybe there's multiple plots in the game. I think there are. I think it really is episodic, like uh, like Pingu, for example, the game, um, where, where everything is not tied together or anything. Yeah. But um, general reception of, of this game, it's really tough to figure out. Um, there wasn't a lot for review of this game. Like I'm sure this game was loved in Japan, but mm-hmm, Europe sure. Europe and America never saw this until, you know, the internet came to existence or someone read it in a magazine and imported it over. Like America and Europe didn't have a Nobo or Nubo, you know, however you want to say it. We had Yo Noids and Tony the Tigers and Pepsi Man and whatnot. Actually that was Japanese, mm-hmm. never mind. So, I'm sure in Japan it was received well because Japan loves this kind of stuff. And the fact that it was all over a bunch of like promotional things in Japan, like phone cards, books, commercials, whatever else, like obviously Japan liked it. So, yeah, I only found one article online uh, from the site Hardcore Gaming 101, um, which talks about uh, this game and. Well, it's a newer review. It's from last year, actually. So old reception 
literally no idea, but um, they do, they or he or she, I don't know. I don't see a name who actually wrote this thing, or if it's just an uh, admin Apollo, on the website. Apollo Chungus. Oh yeah, okay, there it is. Yeah, so so Apollo Chungus uh, definitely seems to like this game. So, um, and just around uh, Twitch, everybody seems to like this game as well. There's nobody who's uh, mad at the game or anything or says it's a really sucky game. Um, I think it actually has been in uh, AGDQ or SGDQ as well, if I remember correctly. Even as a race, really? Yeah, I think it was a. I think it was a race, if I remember correctly. So there is definitely love for his game. Um, so yeah, when we come back, uh, we'll give you guys more thoughts and our history, more history that we had with the game. So uh, stay tuned. everybody for those of you watching i hope you enjoyed our conversation we had um so yeah my thoughts and history with the game uh i played this game my history with it the first time i played it was for the tiny 10 um i believe i commented that tiny 10 but i did a showcase of all 10 games when um mo released the list and mm-hmm. i got to nobo and i was like well this game is this game's all right i didn't know what to expect going into it i never played a game like it before um especially on game boy so it's it's kind of like it's it's a it's in a league of its own kind of um yeah there's no other game like it on game boy on game boy right so i was like all right well i'll go into there and i start playing it and i realized that like you can put like objects very very far on the on the edge of other objects to the point where like they're almost not touching anymore and that's how you can like shortcut some of the puzzles and and whatnot so playing the game that's the first time i ever played the game was for tiny 10 and at the time of playing it i thought it was a unique game and i thought it was you thought it was cute but i hated hated the graphics hated everything to do with everything (laughs) about the graphics in that game the music was okay and then um I played it again about I pl- I played it right after we recorded uh Gargoyle's Quest 2 just so I can keep, get the game fresh in my head again. Mm-hmm. Um and then I still I had I liked the game more the second time around. Um but I still hated everything with the graphics and then Mo was like, "Hey, there's some animated shorts of Nubo." What? And then he linked them and we watched them. Like together, like it was like Mo, myself, Legs, mm-hmm. and I like think POD. We all watched them <laughs> together, and we were just like, and I'm like, what is this? Even like I was so <laughs> terrified of what was going on on my screen, and then it all made sense. Like after I finished the playlist, it all made sense. I'm like, oh, the game and the anime are literally verbatim one to one. Like all the graphics in the game are exactly how they are in that anime short, and it all clicked together. And I'm like. Everything makes sense now. This game is actually perfect. <laughs> so, 
Um, that was that's like my history of the game. Like I, I, I liked the gameplay. I liked the character. I didn't know what the story was. I hated the graphics. Liked the music. Um, so like I would have given it like back in like when I would rate things. Like I would have given it like a six or a seven or something. But now like I'd probably rank it higher, like an eight or nine or something. Um, but that was like that was like my history of the game. My my current thoughts of the game. It's still a very good game, and honestly, it, it holds up quite well for it being what seventeen years old, fifteen years ago. I don't know math very well. Fifteen years old. <laughs> um, seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. Yeah. No. Wait. No, it's twenty-seven. Six. Yeah, twenty-seven years old. Oh yeah, nineteen ninety-two. Yep. Yeah, 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 we're really good at math around here on Waterfront <laughs> City. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it still holds up quite well for a Game Boy game. Honestly, um, obviously the graphics might be dated to Game Boy game. Get real, but uh, in terms of like the actual gameplay itself, like it is short. Like I could have said, like blind, I beat the game a little over an hour. <laughs> That's probably the one game. That's one thing this game does suffer from, and my probably my only comp- my biggest complaint of the game is that it's too short. Um, mm-hmm. My other complaint is just the weird collision physics of it. Like I said a little bit ago, you can kind of put the whole point is you have to make a puzzle, and sometimes you gotta make steps to climb on top of things. And sometimes, if you're good, you can like stack something on top of something, and it can just be completely off of the object blatantly. And you can mm-hmm. still climb on top of it, no problem, and like skip skip parts of the game. So, like, but like my biggest complaint is it's just it's too short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I think I found it definitely during uh, some research for Tiny Ten. It's probably when I came across it. Um, I don't think anybody suggested it or anything because it wasn't that well known back then besides then High Spirits and Siki playing it. Um, I hadn't heard about it at all, but um, after my stream, uh, a lot of people get, <laughs> like knew the game suddenly, so that was cool to see at least. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved it from the start, like I said earlier, even so that I immediately bought myself a complete in-box oh, wow. copy. Complete inbox, something I almost never, ever, ever do. But uh, one, I couldn't find a loose copy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and two, um, this is actually not a rare game per se, but but still a, a pretty expensive it's an game. It's uncommon game. Um, especially complete inbox. And I found this for 35 euros. And I was oh, like, yeah, wow, that's just, a steal. I'm just getting it. It's a little bit damaged. I'll try to make it show on on the camera here uh, for people who are watching. So it's it has residue of a sticker, which kind of deprecated the yellow at the bottom part right there. And it has a, st- but I think this is just on the game. This sticker because it is a Japanese sticker um, with a patent thing on it or something. I don't know, but I think that's actually on the cartridge but the rest of the uh box is like mint yeah, so that's a good copy it's, it's right just there. that yeah 
and also has a little sticker on the back, which has Nubao. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, and in case if anybody is wondering, hey, why haven't these guys talked about the cover yet? Well, it's it's it's, it's literally just Nubao on the cover. So. It's, it's two Nubos on the cover, one one with his tongue out, the other one just hanging out in the background. Yeah. And it says Nubo in Japanese above above Nubo's head with his tongue mm-hmm. out. And it's just so a yellow it. box. That's all it is. Yeah. And on the back, he's... Uh, Hugging a giraffe, so it's not hugging or riding that giraffe. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) now that you mention it, the giraffe is sweating and he's sitting on its back, so I think he's yeah, let's say he's riding it and the giraffe is not having any of it. <laughs> yeah, what a cool. fantastic and game! There, there are some other nubas on it. Like again, well, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm really bad at pointing oh, things a, at the he camera. Has a sock he has on his a arm. Sock. He's very confused. And, yeah, and here he's, he's waving, or and here his he's head. jumping, probably oh, causing some earthquake yeah. in Japan. Um, and here he has a, a little. Oh, oh, a, oh a, he has a, a little hat sleeping on. hat. That's fine. Yeah, there. Yeah, so that's the entire uh, package of Nuba. <laughs> Not much to say about it. Uh, yeah, but I loved it. Uh, I've played it a few times since then. Um, I had to revisit it because I forgot to highlight it the first time I played it for portable pleasure. Um, it's always a very enjoyable time for me. Um, I love playing through this game. Um, I also think this is one of those games that you can definitely just let your children play. Oh yeah. Um, also nowadays, because um, we all seen the video where they hand the Game Boy to a little kid and he's tapping the screen and he's like, well, "Why isn't this working?" Uh, one, that kid is an idiot. Um, <laughs> and two, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of those games. Like, would you get stuck? Well, would a little child get stuck? Not Maybe, for very long. but. Yeah, it's it's just so simple and it's so cute that it's a perfect thing to show them. You know? <laughs> um, I would definitely recommend this to any parents out there with little little children who want to play some video games. This is definitely one you should uh, let them play because there's no text or anything. It's just simple button presses yeah. and it's a really easy game. So, yeah, yeah, and you can even let them watch. Well, I'd wait till they're yeah. older to watch the anime. That anime was terrifying. <laughs> Nah, we've seen a lot worse here. No, no worries. Well, a lot true. weirder. We no, <laughs> we have seen much weirder. Um, but yeah, I guess we could touch base on a little bit of the speedrunning section. Um, disclaimer again, like we say every episode, speedrunning is not the focus of this podcast by any means. If you want that, there are plenty of other speedrunning podcasts or other cop- uh, podcasts that talk about this. Um, the frame savers and other other sorts of podcasts, but uh, we do have Swarm and Kirby and Sikinar are probably the two that I want to focus on the most for this little segment. Um, Sikinar uh, holding the record for about a year um, before, or yeah, after taking it from High Spears, who held it for about a, a year. Um, Swordsman Kirby, very well known in the Kirby community. I think he's ran, I think, 20 out of like 22 or 23 Kirby games that are in existence. Very, very talented speedrunner. Very, very nice guy. Um, if you don't know who SK is, he did Kirby's Adventure at SGDQ this, this last year. And he was on my couch for Kirby's Dreamland both times I ran it at SGDQ. So, um, but he's semi-recently taken the record of Nubo. By about six seconds, um, about five months ago, 
and he found found some tech that basically like saves a couple frames here and there. Uh, mind you, the Game Boy runs at sixty frames a second or fifty nine points, whatever number um, per second. So saving X amount of frames, you know, math, speedrunning stuff, whatever. Um, so yeah, finding some time saves here and there and just kind of trickled into a, hey, we found a way to make this game a, a bit faster than what you currently did. And then SK and Siki started digging a bit more together and found some more things. And then SK kind of just put it all together and now we have a new record from five months ago. So it's cool to see like there's uh, some recent history with this game in terms of speedrun.com. Um, the 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 most recent is five months ago from SK. Then we have eight months ago from uh, Cruel, who does um, Quirk and Amazing Tater. Yeah. Uh, also puzzle games. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of puzzle games. He's very mm-hmm. talented in puzzle games. Um, then we have Shentok, and then obviously then from like a year or two ago, we have Siki High Spirits, Last Thing Committed, and Infinite Mystery. Who I'm assuming mm. everyone knows who Infinite Mystery is, so <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm. <laughs> so I the mean, the only like, thing I oh go yeah, ahead. no ahead. So I mean, like the game has seen the game has seen a a, a nice amount of um a, a nice amount of attention uh, within the last like year or two. So it's neat to see that this game is finally seen seeing some light in a way. Yeah, the thing I can add for the speedrun is if you haven't played this game yet or you haven't seen anybody play this or even speedrun it, um, saving time in this game is actually really hard because um, unlike other uh, puzzle games where you can like make wrong moves or, or move around uh, a, a whole block or something like that, um, the speedrun of this game really depends on perfect inputs basically because you cannot do much as the character um it's all perfect timing um and then like (laughs) skipping some puzzles by uh, putting stuff uh in places you shouldn't be able to put them and and things like that but it's really uh, cool to see if somebody finds a way to save the time and it's also really cool to see a race of this game because everything is so perfect in sync with each other normally that that it's really amazing that just one little tap of a button can desync the entire race and um that's that's always fun to see yeah i mean that's one thing we didn't touch on at all is like the controls of the game everything is slow (laughs) (laughs) everything is slow um you move slow you put things down slow, you pick things up slow, but the controls are responsive. Um, I didn't have right. any issues with the controls at all, with the exception of just the speed of the game in which it's played is slow. Um, but the game is short. So imagine like playing like a full-length game at the speed of Nobo. Like it would be like a 20-hour <laughs> game. Um, but if they made the, if they made Nobo pick up walk and whatever at normal speed at like mario or zelda like the game would be done in 20 minutes you know so mm-hmm. um and the nature of nobo is that he's just a big a big big thing that probably just moves around really slow so they kind of just took what nobo was and put it into the game so he walks slow does things at his own pace 
his mm-hmm. or his yeah, it kind of seems days. like that. I can give one good example of something that could happen uh, in a speed run that would like um, totally mess up. Well, the entire run. Um, there are parts of the game where you get like a, a clot um, that you used to um, sail down to the lower <laughs> level or yeah. something like that. Um, you just have to press A at the correct time if you're at the edge of a cliff. Um, to start the animation of Nubo uh, actually going down. But if you press right or hold right or left uh, like one frame too long, um, you get an idle animation where he's scratching his hat, um, which like costs like five seconds or something. So those are all things that uh, make this game like interesting to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, I've I've never watched a race of... of... Nubo, but I've definitely have watched a, my fair share amount of runs of it. Like I've watched SK, I've watched Siki, I might have even watched Infinite Mystery do it. Um, I definitely did it for, for for the Tiny Ten. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I mean, like it's 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 fun to watch people play it, especially if all calibers try and play this game. Um, it it's a cute game to watch, and uh, as a as a speedrunner of the game, I can see a lot of like points where you get really frustrated at the game. So <laughs> definitely. Um so yeah. Anyway guys, we're gonna take another quick break and then we'll come back with some community events, uh questions if we have any, and just uh yeah, our typical sign off. Be right back. back everybody community events related to game boy we have big bad game thon next weekend um i'm running cliffhanger game boy and sailor moon r game boy saturday mm-hmm. and sunday i don't remember my time slots but i know one's on saturday and one's on sunday um outside of that outside of that there's not much game boy going on at this moment, but um, Tiny Ten Eight is completed. Our research is completed, so um, the announcement of that will happen after Big Twenty. Um, I think that's in two weeks. So after that, we will definitely announce it, um, probably on this channel as well, for people who are watching on the Monochrome City channel. We'll do the announcement for sure of the games list. Um, the next episode that we're going to do on this podcast is probably also going to be about the Tiny Ten List. Um, that will be out in two, well, wait, in one month after this one, uh, gets, uh, gets posted, which for us is next week, of course. Um, for those who are watching live right now, that for you guys, this episode will be out next weekend. Um, but yeah, we'll be focusing on that. Um, there is maybe good news for Game Boy when it comes to the new GDQ. Um, a lot, a lot, of lot of Game Boy games have been submitted. Um, so we're kind of hoping there will be a very dedicated Game Boy blog this time around. Because past few editions it has been uh, really, really bad again. Um, so let's hope it... Uh, it gets some more people into game with speedrunning for sure, but um, that's in January, I believe, the new one. Or? Well, GDQ Express is over TwitchCon, which is in oh. September, 
October sometime. I, I, I didn't even look at that game list at all. Um, okay. AGDQ submissions, I think, are open. I haven't looked at them yet either. Um, I, I Well, yeah, I was following some tweets about it. Um, now I'm not sure if they were talking about that Express Edition or, or the... Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, GDQ Express already has accepted runners. I think for GDQ Express oh, okay. this time around, they they took a lot of like bigger names because this is the first one of the kind, and they want to try right. and draw crowds. So they have they have the much bigger names in that one. Um, HDQ though, they have a new venue this year. Um, so who who knows? Maybe we'll get something mm-hmm. new as well. Um, I know GDQs in general like. They don't hate Game Boy games, but Game Boy games are kind of a hard sell because they're really short or they're really long. Um, yep. So there, there's usually no gray area in them at all, unless it's a popular Game Boy game like um, yeah, yeah, Kirby Streamland, Link's Awakening, Pokemon, things of that nature. But something like uh, Froggy Game, I mean, mm-hmm. you could probably push, you can make a good case for it since uh, Link's Awakening's um, engine was based off a of Froggy game. Um, Sailor Moon would probably never make an appearance in GDQ, things of that, things like that. So, uh, some things are really hard sell. Some things are an easy sell. Yeah, um, yeah, but I just, I just hope there's gonna be a Game Boy block again. Like the last time it happened was uh, Proto Magical Girl. Um, SGDQ did like 2016. Three or, yeah, three or four Game Boy games in a row, like stuff like that. Like easy to set up because of just switching a game. Just have all the Game Boy people on a couch together, like John Carl's uh, like uh, enemy. I think submitted uh, Ninja Gaiden Shadow. Um, just have them all on the couch and just switch them out, and just have yeah. a, like a really fast-paced Game Boy block for a few hours. That would make a lot of people, at least us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, SGDQ twenty sixteen. Um, like right, like right away on a Friday, we had like. Uh, we had or we had Infinite Mystery doing some Dragon Egg game. I forgot what the game was called. All oh, right. Um, yeah. And then we had um, Nacho playing Trip World. And then right after Trip World, we went into Kirby's Dreamland. And then we went to like the big Kirby block that we had. We had Kirby's Dreamland One. We had Kirby's Dreamland Two. We had um, Amazing Mirror. Like we had a lot of this handheld, mm-hmm. just rapid fire that entire morning. It was it was great. Yeah, those things are always fun to watch. Yeah. Um, those are, again, most of those games are popular games, of course. We have Bubble um, Ghost in yeah. there. That was a yeah oddity to have in there, but it was in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's always cool. But, yeah. um, I think that's about wraps it up, actually, for community events, at least for this month. Um, like always, Tiny Town will be in November, so that's uh, still quite a bit away. Yep. And like most of that list is done, and the next uh, recorded main episode of this will probably be about the Tiny Ten. So, yeah, then at least uh, everything will be released by then already. Yeah, we'll have a little reveal on Monochrome City, all that other mm-hmm. happy, happy stuff. Um, so yeah. yeah, in terms of questions, I don't see too many questions in chat. When it's Pokemon, no. that's the only one I've seen, and it, that's <laughs> yeah. never, it's never going to happen. No, never. It won't. I mean, maybe a maybe a light episode like ten years from now, but it's just never going to happen. Okay, wait. Let me <laughs> let me let me let me just uh, <laughs> add to that. I don't know why I made a square on screen because a square has nothing to do with it. But You're uh, in a square. <laughs> I'm in a square. That's that's true. I I'm also sometimes really square. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's 
maybe make a deal. Maybe Ooh. we'll do a light episode when Pokemon Let's Go comes out and compare it to the original game. How does that sound? That is maybe a good idea to do. A lot of people have already compared it to Yellow. That could be interesting. Oh, and that's the worst of all of them. I mean, I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody's going to argue <laughs> that. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. I can't wait to play... Can't wait to play that on Switch with uh, you and PLD and throw a bunch of Pokeballs yeah. at things. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's going to be it. Throwing Pokeballs. <laughs> Nothing else. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the only question we had. So, I mean, if you mm. guys ever have questions, like, we have our Discord. It will be in the link things below on SoundCloud and wherever else we post the stuff. Uh, so please join up, join the join the community. We usually have channels broken out for new episodes coming up, so ask away in there. Um, if this live podcast thing becomes a thing with Mo and I, if we can somehow find time to get this, seems like we got everything up and running fairly quick, and nothing yeah, is broken yet. So it seems like we're doing <laughs> something right. Um, you can always like join us on Monochrome City, hop in chat when we get to this section. You know. Just ask away in chat. Make sure it's about the podcast. Um, so yeah, uh, with that there, uh, any other thoughts and concerns? No, that's uh, definitely pretty much it. Um, just like always, if you want to get in contact with us, we do have a website where you can maybe find all of the things on there. Um, like uh, all the links to our own uh, social medias and and. and Twitch and YouTube project and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure if we actually put a Discord link on it um, now that I think of it. Uh, if we did not, we'll try and do that before yeah, uh, this one airs so that it's on there. Um, and I think maybe before this one, uh, this episode actually comes out, we may have a Patreon up and running finally. Um, but I still have to uh, look around for some stuff uh, due to tax forms you have to fill in and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that might be up. If it's up, it will also be in the description below so you can find that. So if you want to support us, you can definitely do that through there. Um, we will have some tiers ready and stuff like that. Can't, can't really tell much about them right now. Um, and if you want to help us out in another way, be sure to like the... Uh, podcast or follow the podcast on soundcloud Sa soundcloud soundcloud Sa okay soundcloud <laughs> and um, give us a review on itunes because that also helps uh to get it higher up there in gaming podcast um so that the love gets spread um i do want to say thank you to everybody who has been listening uh, from the start until now or just uh, started right now we have reached 300 total uh, listens on SoundCloud alone. Um, that does not include downloads or anything like that. We can't really check that uh, correctly. Um, and our very first episode, which was episode zero, actually got 100 total listens. So that's really cool that uh, that people are definitely listening to this. 100 plus people listen to us ramble about a podcast we're going to do. <laughs> Indeed, it's not even an actual <laughs> podcast. It's, yo, we're gonna do a podcast, but yeah, yeah. I mean, PLD just asked a question: How and where do you store your Game Boy cards? Oh man, um, 
Long answer, I'm making Game Boy, I, I don't want to get up and get them, but I'm making Game Boy cases right now uh, with with cassette cases and I'm printing labels out and putting them in so I can fit the Game Boy game inside of the cassette case and put them on a shelf. Right now, ugh, I have a box full of Game Boy games, one of many boxes right now. Full of Game Boy games, uh, just kind of sitting around by my chair. So that's how they're being stored currently. But yeah, that's how I do my stuff. <laughs> and like, if yes. you can't for <laughs> for those of you are watching live, I can show you how I'm doing it right now. Oh, what did you um, do, Mo? You're so loud. Oh, never mind. I I'm loud. It. No, it's me. <laughs> Oh, it's just you. I turned so my... this is a bag I got one day when I was uh, buying games on an expo. It sits a bag. Uh, it says Australian on it. I don't know, but it's literally full of Game Boy. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna turn it around because they will all fall out. They'll all pour out. Pick them up. Um, yeah, that's a bag full of like maybe 100 European slash North American games. Um, oh. If you've been watching my streams, you might. Uh, you might recognize this. Uh, it's one of the PLD boxes. <laughs> the person who asked the question. Um, sometimes PLD sends me a box full of Japanese games. This is one of two boxes. Um, you can see the size of this box if you're watching this live. It's a pretty huge box. It's full of Japanese games and I have two of them. And behind me there is another box full of more uh, European and North American games. Um, what I am trying to do, and I've already written the plans and everything, I've measured everything, is making actual like wooden boxes to place them in with like dividers so I can actually flip through them. Because oh, this is this is not a good way to store them that's, at all. That's what John does. John has like some IKEA like boxes. Yeah, he found and, really good boxes. Yeah. But I'll make my own. So And like behind me, like that's my SNES how I'm doing my SNES right now. Like those are just like universal cassette cases I'm printing labels out for and putting them on a shelf. So, like, I'm trying to like make myself condensed and look nice, but mm -hmm. I don't. I don't have time. Like, it's super time consuming. I like. I made nine labels back there, and it took me like an hour and a half to make those nine. So, yeah, for sure, I will definitely have to make at least two boxes. Plus, I would have to make lids as well because otherwise, all the dust is gonna go in there anyway. So, what's yep. the use? So that will definitely take me an entire weekend, probably, because I'm not really good at uh, wood cutting or anything like that. How are you uh, not good at wood cutting? It's easy. I don't know because I did not do a technical um, education. Shop, like we we don't class? get nope we don't what? unless you we either have. Um, yeah, it's hard to explain. Our I'm learning more about European education different. right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess this is a question from you then. Uh, we have like basically three tiers. Either you do um, just completely studying, I guess. You got uh, Latin and, and Greek. You got modern languages. Economics is what I did. You got, um, how do you call it? Um, science. Um, depends on which one, like sure, physics yeah. or, or stuff like that. Um, that that is that is the highest tier of education, if you can call it that. Um, then you have the more technical side, which is yeah, well, wood cutting, um, electricity, uh, stuff things. like that. They're they're completely different things you have to do. And then there's a lower tier where it's like um, a mix of 
both the upper things but on a very low level for like yeah people who are not that smart <laughs> i mean there's there's not much more you can say about that sally uh, interesting yeah so, I never, so I never that's knew how that. it works so the during the first two years of high school you get a more uh broad spectrum so you can actually choose after uh well on the third year and so on um in which you want to specialize completely so I got electricity during my first two years, but after that, nothing anymore. That's super cool. I didn't know that. It is kind of cool, but to be honest, all those bigger ones that I did, um, you're, they're pretty much useless. They're pretty much six wasted years preparing you to do a high-level uh, college or university Sure. Um, thing and the other things actually learn you stuff to do in life so <laughs> yeah. there's a downside to everything like with our with our high school it was like you can pick and choose whatever whatever you wanted to do so like for me like i didn't care what i learned in high school because whatever i did in high school was i wasn't going to do in college mm-hmm. so like i did like home ec so like i learned how to cook i learned how to sew and everything else i learned just like basic human things Yep. And then I took like shop classes. So I took like I took um wood shop one and two. I took I took technology, so I learned how to like build like axles and transmissions, engines and stuff like that. Um I took lasers, so I learned how to like program lasers and like etch things out and do things of that sort. Mm-hmm. But like when I went to university, like I studied um when I first went to university, I studied biochemistry and chemistry. So, right. I mean, just a completely different spectrum altogether. Yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to do that here. Um, you would have done one of the science um, classes, I guess you can call it, uh, during high school, or you are not allowed to actually... Well, you are allowed, but then you have to do uh, either a year preparation for it, or do like some really hard tests, um, and you would huh. not know any of the material needed for that, so... That's that's definitely how it works here. That's super interesting. I, I like that way of education personally, but it is more stylized that you follow a complete track that gets you to where you really want to be. Yeah. But then again, I did economics, modern languages, just because there wasn't something I wanted to do because I was um, well always into um, like a graphic artist and stuff like that. I was into that, but there isn't really something in high school besides art school yeah. but that is a ridiculous one uh to do um that the, prepares you for that but i just did um communications which my economics education before that really helped with but all the rest was like computer science so yeah. designing and programming and stuff like that which i have never had seen before that yeah in high school we didn't really have classes that cater to like graphic design. like we had your broad area art you know you had your your stained glass or photography or drawing whatever else but like we didn't have like graphic design we didn't really have like a computer language to learn from at all it was at the time that we were in high school like that stuff was still kind of it wasn't new but it just wasn't like mainstream like it is now like like i went to my high school semi recently and like they have computer labs just full of stuff now and like there's a bunch of kids that are Mm -hmm. like learning learning to code they're doing graphic design like they're doing a whole bunch of stuff that i would have loved to have done 17 18 years old but it just it wasn't a thing back then for us yeah i don't know how it is right now but we had one 
uh, class that uh, was about computers, ICT. It was just called, but it was literally Word and Excel. Yeah, so we had, we had I a don't know how class, it is now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had a typing yeah. class to learn how to type, I guess, without looking at the keyboard. Mm. Mm. But That's pretty much it. Yeah. So, yeah. With that, uh, I think we're going to sign off here. You can find me at twitch.tv, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram now at uh, Eat Bloody Candy. Yeah. <laughs> I've never used that before. In my yeah, life. man. I think I had like four posts. Oh, going big, going big. Um, you will never find me on Instagram because <laughs> uh, I almost never take pictures. Um, pictures of me also never get taken, apparently, because the one I have on f- my Facebook is still from 12 years ago. <laughs> so nice. so uh, it's, it's, yeah, don't, don't even try to follow me on instagram um but yeah i do have youtube which is uh the same as my twitch so uh either twitch.tv slash or youtube slash youtube.com slash whatever uh slash moolah which is written m-o-e-l-l-e-u-h and um i have a twitter and that one is nostalgamia which is a little bit easier so you can always find me there or go to our website like i said before uh where you can find links to just all of that yeah the website is what uh tigb.gbrunners.com if you can remember to type that out yeah um, it'll be down we, below in the links too so yeah but we also recommend just going to gbrunners.com slash t-i-g-b because otherwise there still might be a problem which we have no idea why it happens yeah, no but idea if you see soon a white page with soon something went wrong try the other url yeah <laughs> it would typically work um so yeah with that we are going to sign off the next time we will talk to you will be about the next tiny 10 yeah, so not a, not one game, but ten games we can go through. We did it. We made it through the opening.